driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career. And my passion? Providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So, I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way, from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus, everything I wish my 20-year-old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello, welcome back to episode three of season two. If you have left me a review or followed or subscribed, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to me that people are listening and subscribing, so really thank you. Now, as I'm recording this podcast and we're getting to the end of 2021, I cannot believe it, It's time when marketing strategists, marketing managers, heads of marketing start to look at 2022 and their marketing plans, their marketing strategy and their budgets for the next year. So as I am doing this currently, I thought it was something that I could do a podcast on and I also think that if you are a relatively new marketing manager it can be one of the most overwhelming things that is on your plate and your responsibility and people look to you to deliver the marketing plan. So I wanted to take you through some of the steps that I take when I am building my plan that really help just to break it down into bite-sized chunks, make it really less overwhelming and actually make sure that you produce a really well thought out, logical marketing plan with the budget to go with it. So let's start. Now before you can start writing your plans, madly scribbling away, stop. You need to look back and reflect on the previous year. So I firstly do one thing. I look at internal. How was our own marketing? What did we do well and what didn't we do? And something that is an absolute godsend and I implement because this is always a nightmare to look back is monthly reports. So across every single channel, every month, we make sure that we do a monthly report that includes the good, the bad and the ugly. So whilst you might not want to report on all of the ugly things all of the time, you need to make sure that there's documentation of it. This really, really helps when you're looking back at what you want to keep and what you want to chuck so that you make sure that you're documenting it. If you don't have those stats or any of the campaigns, it can be such a nightmare to go back through and look. So whilst at the time you'll get grumblings from your team about doing monthly reports, they are so imperative for when you're looking forward to building your marketing plans. Also, I have found going over to B2B, which I have said a million times, I said I wouldn't say B2B anymore and I've just said it in this podcast, is LinkedIn is terrible for stats. It only gives me 30 days for organic stats. So do not do what I do and go, okay, I want to know our stats from LinkedIn in January. And they, if they weren't recorded anywhere, then they are lost forever. Their paid stats are slightly better, but that's just one example of why you need to make sure that you are recording that. Also, make sure there's commentary to go along with it. So if you are doing your Google Analytics stats, make sure that you record any spikes in traffic and what caused that if it wasn't something so obvious. So once you've got all them and you've really looked at what worked and what didn't, honestly, make sure that you're super honest because marketing is absolutely a testing game. 25% of what activity is going out at any one time should be a test. So 
And marketing is all about failing. Not one company ever has not failed. So don't be afraid to embrace what didn't. Also, look back at your plan from the beginning of the year. What did you do? And what did you say that you would do, but you didn't do? That's also really good at seeing why wasn't things done, what was done, and why didn't you perform things that you were going to. It could just be a change in plans. It could be a change in budgets. It could just be that you didn't get around to it and you might want to carry it forward to next year. So make sure you refresh yourself on what you didn't do. So once you've reflected, you can then write down what your key learnings were. So what channels, what resource, what messaging and what campaigns worked well versus what didn't. I write mine in note format really, really simply just so that I can refer back to it as I start to build my plan for the next year. So once you've looked internally, then look externally. So spend a good morning, a day if you can, looking at what brands made an impact this year so what really really stood out for you who did a really good job a brand that's done well and experiential and earned media is Thursday the dating app I've seen them all over London their stunts are really really cheap but they are really impactful and they get people talking of course there was the Colin the Caterpillar with Audi and M&S there is also other brands that have been really, really good at reactive marketing. So KFC being really good at this. When Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp went down, Twitter jumped on it really, really nicely. So there's definitely been some really good brand marketing this year. And and a lot of the ones that I've just said are reactive marketing, but really have a look at who did good on newsjacking, who just did really nice brand campaigns, who didn't do good ones. I mean, for me, the John Lewis ad this year just really didn't land it had aliens in, I just didn't feel like it was emotive, I didn't feel like it resonated, I just didn't feel like it had that usual connecting, connection to the audience like it usually does. So look at that. Then also look at what new marketing trends happened this year. So for 2021, it was very much the year of TikToks, reels, and really any short videos have worked really, really well, especially with the Gen Z and millennial audience. So look at anything like that that's new and was emerging, would that work for your audience? There was also other trends this year. So nostalgic marketing. I don't know why I'm giving all these away on one podcast. You're never going to listen to me again. But nostalgic marketing. So you will have seen things like Friends has been really, really popular. Even more so than ever, coming out of a global pandemic, everybody is looking for that community feel in their marketing even more. And another one that has, of course, seen a trend is audio. So there has been a 33% increase in audio listeners since March 2020. And that is no surprise with more and more people working from home. So make sure you're looking at all of these new trends and thinking if any of them would be relevant to your audience. For example, my audience that I market to is absolutely not Gen Z and therefore, even though TikToks have been super, super popular this year and they're just going up and up, It wouldn't be something that I would look to add to my tool belt. Just because it is a new great channel doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use all of them. So don't feel the pressure that just because you're looking at new marketing trends and new platforms and new tactics that you have to use any of them. But look at them, see if you did use any of them, how did they perform for you? And if you didn't, do you want to take any of these forward? Okay. So now you've looked back at internal and external, I then start to look forward. 
So I get a blank piece of paper, I turn all of my notifications off, emails off, Teams off. You really, really need to focus for this. I then look at the very beginning. So keep it really simple. And just to caveat this, this is me writing marketing plans for a company that I'm already in and I already know a lot of the basics that I would have looked at to begin with. So it's not me looking at like competitor landscape and starting my audiences from new and all of that stuff that I would do regularly and do as soon as I get into a company. But then as I'm writing these marketing strategies for next year, I don't need to go into quite so much detail about that. So I start at the beginning and that is looking at the top three business objectives for next year. I write them on a paper and then it could be three, it could be more. I tend to do three to five. Anything over five seems far too overwhelming. And then I write the marketing objectives of the equivalent of these. So say, I'm trying to give you an example here because that's a lot of marketing buzzwords. So say one of the objectives is to grow business in New Zealand. So if they want to grow their revenue by X in New Zealand, you then need to make a marketing objective to match it. So it could be to increase the amount of brand awareness in people in New Zealand in your target audience. So that could be, obviously you would make that specific to what your target audience is. I would then say this will be measured by a brand awareness survey using someone like a test, which are an excellent B2C, they don't do B2B, but B2C brand awareness testing. And if you can't use a company that could do some testing for you, just keep it really simple and look at increase in direct traffic from New Zealand to your website or how many eyes saw your Facebook ads. So brand awareness is obviously a really tricky one because you're not asking for a conversion. So you're looking more at views, impressions, clicks, all of those more generic KPIs, I would say. After I've written my marketing objectives, I then do an audience check. So as I said, I have already done the research on who my target audience is because this isn't my first marketing plan to this company. But my my market audience, my target audience, I check, has anything changed? Are there any new audiences I should consider? Do they still align with the business objectives and therefore the marketing objectives? You might need to tweak an audience. It's absolutely normal, especially if you're going into new products or new services or new countries. You definitely need to make sure that your target audience aligns and agilely moves with your, that's not a word, agility, (laughs) I don't know. And agile moves with your objectives. So I then make sure that my specific marketing objectives then marry up to my audiences. And I definitely blend these together so that I have a objective for each audience. And I don't know if that's like death by objectives, but I just like to align everything and keep it a really smooth process going down. Also can I caveat by saying that I, this is how I do my marketing plans. And this is just what I've evolved to over the years. So it might not be how other people do their new marketing strategies for the year but this is what works for me that was a caveat in there before I before people say they do it different okay so from there I write out all of the current marketing channels that happen for this year with their budgets I then look at any new ones that I might want to add it might be new trends it might be because I have a new audience it might be because I think that we now need to layer on a new level of marketing we could want to do more paid if we we do a lot more of organic channels And why do I want to do them? So I make sure that there's a rationale behind every single channel that I want to add on. So once I've written out my current channels and the channels that I want to, so these are the hooks 
throughout the year that everyone, every channel is swimming in the same direction and these will be our key peaks of activity throughout the year where we might spend a little bit more money on the not always on channels. So if you go, okay, I really, really wanna do podcast marketing for some key peaks. Okay, that's great. So that means you'll do them during your campaigns. You're not gonna have them on month in, month out, especially a lot of the paid or outdoor marketing. It's very, very expensive. And unless you're one of these really big brands, you are not gonna be able to keep that on throughout the year. So make sure that when you do want them on, you have a real good hook, aka campaign that you can then use them for. And everybody should be swimming in the same direction every single day. But this is really more where you're going to have meetings every day, you're going to be planning for weeks. And it's really going to be those highlights throughout the year. If you are a D2C brand and an econ brand, then you will definitely be looking at these around Black Friday. But good luck with that because the costs will be astronomical. So maybe you want to think of the times of year where it is not so expensive. So once I've looked at my campaigns, I tend to do four campaigns a year. Some will be bigger than others, but it just really centers the quarters. So from that, it enables me to then divide into quarters. So each quarter, what is the campaign or theme? And as I said, there will be three to four of these. I generally do four, but then one is a much, much smaller campaign while you are recovering. This also depends on the size of your marketing team and your budget. You might literally have one campaign that is in your key peak of the year, but then you might have three themes throughout the other quarters, one per quarter, that is not so much on bigger channels, but it's just something that you're gonna work towards more. So it could just still be on your organic channels, but it's just gonna really center everybody. So from there, I build out the campaign's top line objectives. Gosh, I love an objective, don't I? (laughs) Um, With their KPIs and the measurement goals, I also put the audience tactics and messaging. So for this, if you have three different audiences, say you're not gonna necessarily have every campaign that's gonna resonate with every audience. So I like to write this out now so that I can make sure throughout the year that I'm doing at least one campaign or at least one theme that is relevant to each audience. And I like to try and do one campaign that is just overall brand awareness. And that would be hitting every single one of our audiences, not just one. By tactics, I mean, what channels are we going to use? And I always do this in an ideal world first. And what I mean by that is I don't constrain myself at this stage to really, really stingy budget. So I just go, okay, if I have an ideal world, this is what I would do. And obviously I don't put down millions and millions if I know my budget's not gonna be that, but I don't try and think of my budget too, too much at this stage. I also do very, very top line messaging and it's usually one or two sentences of what the theme is gonna be that then hopefully you have an amazing copywriter that can then build that out into longer form copy. So after I've done that, I then look at resource. And by resource, I mean how much time, people and money would my ideal quarter campaign take? So then I look at these, my current team, the current spend and the current time. And then I look at what my additional would be. I also refer this back to the results of the year before. So if I'm asking for increase, I say, well, this is what we did 
in this year. This is what we are proposing, but these are the extra channels, the extra campaigns, the extra things that it would cost in terms of all of those things because they're all opportunity costs to make this happen and I make sure that it's very very clear what's what's new but what's realistic to get all of this to achieve because the worst thing that you can do is do a marketing plan that is far far out of the reach of how much time people and money you have and all that is going to do is stress you out stress your team out and you're not going to be able to achieve what you say you achieve. So this is a really important step. It's it's something that you should spend a lot of time on and be really, really honest with how much time, people and money, the things that you are proposing take. If they are brand new channels and obviously you can only give your best estimate, I always make sure I try and do resource in research into different channels to see realistically how much time they take. Okay. So then once I've done that, I then build out the budget by channel by month. So looking at last year as a base figure to figure out my growth. So I firstly look at, and what I mean by that, because that's a confusing sentence, is so I look at first, okay, what channels am I taking through to the next year? So 2021 in this point. What was my budget for 2021? What was the results I achieved with them? Which you can do obviously easier with digital channels. And do I want to grow them? Do they do their results mean that you should spend more money? So for example, LinkedIn and B2B, so that will have more money this year. Facebook might have slightly less because that is something that is not a focus channel for me. So that's just an example of how I would increase it. I definitely use last year as a base to figure this out, but I also make sure that if there was channels where I think we really underspent, like we didn't have enough money to do what we wanted, I make sure that at this stage I put in the money that I want. It can always get vetoed later, but it just makes things easier going into these meetings where you're going to be presenting this. I should have caveat by saying this is a corporate marketing plan, but you know, you can use this for anything. I personally like to spend 5% on marketing spend versus the forecasted revenue for the next year. That's just what I use as a guide and what I try and pitch for. Really, you want anything up to 10%. I've used much less than 5% at some places, but generally I like 7 to 10% is my sweet spot where you can really grow your marketing year on year and get that growth that you want. And yes, whilst the growth might happen if you go viral or if you get a really, really good stunt, that's not guaranteed. And I always write in my plans a lot of stunts, a lot of earned media, a lot of gambles which you which you can't guarantee on so I always like to then pad that out with a lot more paid media as well just that we can guarantee the eyeballs and the growth for the next year I should have said that my marketing plans have a mix of different tactics so it can be organic channels it could be paid channels and it will also be earned so earned is anything that is not guaranteed so it's a lot of press a lot of pickup on socials from your audience but it's always those ones that are definitely more risky I always like to plan them in but of course you can't rest any guarantee on them then what I like to do once I've done all that is really piece together it in a bit of a deck so I use Canva and I use the presentation slide I use them on powerpoints which is fine but I always feel like with these you need a lot of written explanations as well and I found that it was really hard to cram everything into a PowerPoint presentation. So I use a Canva template, 
which works much, much better for me and it just means everything is laid out. I then obviously practice it because I'm gonna be presenting this because I'm in the corporate world, I'm not my own business and I know that I'm gonna to have to present this. So I make sure that I practice everything, I make sure that I have rationale for everything, I make sure I have logic behind everything. I make sure that if you have a creative team, I really try and ask them to bring a couple of the campaigns to life just to give it a bit of excitement and to show visually where our vision is. And then I go and present it and you need to know everything behind it, know all of your stats, know all of the different channels that you're using. Even if you have to research new channels that you're potentially looking to add to the mix, make sure you've done your due diligence on why, because you don't want to be pulled up and go just because I want to do it. So make sure that you've done your absolute research because there's always going to be channels that you've not done before and that's fine. Just make sure that you've done your research. Not everybody everywhere has done a channel because at some point it was the first time somebody did that channel in their life so don't be overwhelmed by that just own it be really confident be really honest and say we've I've not done this channel before or we've not done this channel before but I think that it will work for x y and z I propose that we test it in one and that's always what I say because it might not work but at least you've done your due diligence and given it a shot because the worst thing that you can do is play it safe The other worst thing that you can do is keep your marketing plan stagnant year on year and just say, oh, well, this is where we've always done it because that's not a good enough reason. So make sure that you're always looking at new new things that you could add. And one, I I should have said this actually, this is, you can tell I don't prep my podcasts because I don't remember to add things. So of course, look and see if there's been any new marketing trends predicted for the next year that you wanna add in as well. That is obviously really key and really important. So obviously a big trend over in B2C is influencer marketing. So if you are B2C, I really recommend that you look into that as a tool, especially just because word of mouth marketing is so powerful and if you get the authenticity right in that channel, it can be really, really powerful. And I've seen the results that it can do in terms of your follower growth really, really quickly by using influential people. So that is my nugget for today. So I hope this helped. Good luck writing those marketing plans. Don't get overwhelmed. Make sure that you just remove yourself, get really, really quiet space and headspace so that you can really clear your mind and think whilst you'll have to put other things on hold it is imperative that you give your brain the space and yourself the grace to be able to take a step back and be able to do this because you as a marketing strategist or you as a marketing manager or head of marketing need to make sure that you are not too close to everything so that you can really overlook everything oversee everything and with a clear logical mind write these plans for the next year and it will set you up in such good stead to then break that overall marketing strategy down into bite-sized chunks for your team to tackle channel by channel and month by month and it will make your year much more seamless. So there you have it, hope this helped, good luck writing those plans, I'm rooting for you and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.